What's up, Bates 12? I'm trying to get my mic situated here. How y'all doing tonight? Sweet. That was weak. Let's try that again. How you guys doing tonight? Yes. That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to give you guys get enough room right here so we can uh, uh, get on this whiteboard here in a little bit. If you got your Bibles, you can open up to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And uh, you can open your Bibles up there. And uh, before we get into that, uh, while you're opening your Bibles there, I want to talk to you for just a minute. This series is uh, deeply, deeply passionate for me. And the reason it's deeply passionate for me is because I love you in a way that you have no idea how much I love you. Now, you may be here tonight and it's your first time. You're like, man, that's kind of weird. I don't even know this guy and he's talking about he loves me. But I love you. I love this ministry. And I know most of you, many of you guys, I know what you're going through in your lives. I've prayed for you. We pray for you every week. We pray for you every day. I love you like I love my family. And I look at this ministry like this is like an extended family to me. And I'm going to get to... I'm going to get to share a piece of that later on with you guys tonight, um, which I think is going to be pretty cool at the very, very end. And uh, so you'll just have to wait on that. Just trust me, it's going to be worth it. Um, But I love you guys, and I care about you, and I want you to know the truth. Yes. One person loves me. I love it. (laughs) Stop it, guys. Um, and I love you guys, and I care about you, and 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 so and so I want you to know. I want you to know the truth, man. And I want you to know. Um, I want you to know how to navigate life. And this series is personal for me because uh, I think that if you get these next four weeks before we go into spring, if you get before we go into spring break, if you get these next four weeks, man, it is going to shape the way you think, and it's going to shape the way you live. Because here's the truth. The truth is this: you live what you believe. Your beliefs and what you think about things play out in the actions that you have in your life. Everything that you do, everything that you live out, all of your actions play into the, the, the things that you believe and what we would call the world, your worldview. Your worldview is the lens in which you see the world through. Every one of us has it. And our worldview has been shaped by parents, our worldview has been shaped by teachers, our worldview has been shaped by friends, our worldview has been shaped by media and the internet, our worldview has been shaped by books that we've read, our worldview has been shaped by all of these different things in our lives, and we all have a worldview. We all view the world through certain lenses based on the information that is given to us. And that changes the way we live. It affects the way we live. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that crazy show, Doomsday Preppers. Y'all seen that show? Right? Like, these people believe that the world is going to end soon. (laughs) And they believe that they're going to be left here to defend themselves. And so they build these massive fortresses and they do all this kind of stuff to protect themselves when the end of the world comes. Because they have this deep belief, conviction in them that something has informed them, either the people in their lives or or the information that they've read or received or other people that have talked to them. And that is why they have landed on this idea that they think that they need to build this massive castle with all these crazy weapons to defend themselves from all of you when the world ends. And we all have other things in our lives that we believe that affects the way we live our life because of that. And so, what I want to talk to you about tonight is, what do you believe? 
And where should you get the source for the things that you believe? Because if the things that we believe actually affect the way we live, then it's really important that you know what you believe and why you believe it. It's important that you know what source to go to to get, to get the information to build that worldview in such a way so that you live in the way that God would be honored by your life in a way that you would know the truth. And so that's why we come to this series, Sola. And tonight we're going to talk about Sola Scriptura. It is really the first and foundational pillar of these Five other pill, these five pillars that we're going to be talking about because all the other ones stand on the fact that it is by Scripture alone that we get our truth. Scripture alone that we get our truth. Now before I dive into that, let me say this to you. Every single one of us in this room have believed things in their life with deep convictions that are untrue. Because of the things that have informed us. I can give you a perfect practical example of this. How many of you guys have ever believed in Santa Claus? Did I just ruin it for some of you? Right? I still believe. <laughs> it's over for some of you right now. It's over. How many of you ever believed in Santa Claus? See, see here's the thing. I grew up believing in Santa Claus. I grew up believing in Santa Claus, and, 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 my friend, and some of my friends would tell me, dude, Santa Claus isn't real. Santa Claus is your dad, mom. And i go to mom and dad, and I'd say, dad, mom, are you Santa Claus? And dad, mom would say, no, we're not Santa Claus. You're crazy. And if you doubt Santa Claus, he's not going to bring you presents. So I was like 25 when I found out there was no Santa Claus. I'm just kidding. Because <laughs> I wanted presents. Right? And, 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 it's, and it's kind of a harmless thing, but the truth is, is that there are things that we believe in our life because maybe someone that we have trusted has told us some information, and we're like, I need to believe that because I trust that person. Maybe it's a, a science teacher, and because they have some degree in something, you're like, oh, that guy knows more than me, and so I trust that person, so I need to believe what they say. Maybe it's a philosophy teacher that's telling you something. You say, man, I, I know that goes against really what the Bible says, but I, I know I probably should believe that because I trust that person. Maybe it's from our parents. And I think of Santa Claus, and I saw this little video clip of these little kids, and they were asked this question. What would Santa Claus do if he'd come to your house and you had no chimney? And I just thought it was really cute watching these little first graders try to talk about what they think Santa Claus would do. So why don't you check it out. Check it out. I guess he goes through the window. I think he bees quiet and opens the door. Door. With his magic dust. Um, it could go through, like, your air vents or the top of, like, if you don't have a chimney, and then you have an air vent so that this Santa just can come in. Um, magic? Sends one of the reindeers in and 
<laughs> the reindeer unlocks the door. Um, you know, and, and, and I, was, I was watching, I was like, dude, that's so cute. And the truth is, is that there's a lot of little cute things, and, and we think of Santa Claus, and we think of that being just kind of this cute, fun thing. But what happens when we believe things to be true that are untrue, and it's not cute? What about when it's dangerous? What about when we buy in and believe things that someone has told us that we trusted to be true and we live our lives in such a way based on that information, but the information that we have is untrue? Let me give you an example. Check this video out. That video is like 10 minutes long of little kids talking about how when they want to grow up, they want to die as a martyr by blowing themselves up to kill the Jews. See, some information that you hear from people that you trust, like your parents and the people around you, can be dangerous. These kids did not come up with those ideals on their own. Someone told them this. I can't show you all the clips on it because some of it had some pretty rough language from some of these kids. But these kids are angry, a lot of them, when they're talking about this. And so when we hear about people getting in planes and flying into buildings and we hear about people that are, that are blowing themselves up and killing people all over the world, I mean, check the news if you don't. It happens every day in countries all over the world. And you think, how could someone strap a bomb to their chest and go blow themselves up? Because they've been told their entire life that that's the noble thing to do. And they believe it. We believe things all the time that could be dangerous for us. And this is what I know about students. I think that this generation, I think every generation does, but I think this generation more than any other generation finds truth through their feelings and emotions more than anything else. It's all about how you feel. If it's what I feel like doing, that's what I do. Well, I know God says this, but I feel differently. So I sit down with college students that tell me, yeah, I'm living with my girlfriend because I feel like this is the right thing to do because it's cheaper rent having her in the house with me and she's helping with the bills. And, it's, and, it's, and it's, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm trying to practice this thing together with her before um, we get married so that I can know if we can live well together. And all of a sudden, you start hearing the comments they're saying and you start going, man, that kind of makes sense a little bit. And, and then you start thinking, and then your emotions and feelings start getting involved involved in it and all of a sudden you start buying into a truth and you start believing something and you start living a certain way and then you start thinking man there's nothing wrong with it there's no big deal about it and God has already spoken on it or hey man we've we've been dating for two years I feel like it's okay for us to have permission to have sex now it's not that big of a deal I mean, we're probably going to get married anyway I think one of Satan's greatest deception is to make sin make sense and so we begin to justify ourselves 
through our emotions and feelings. And what happens is, is that we let our heart be our guide. And we say, man, I just trust my heart. I just let my heart be my guide everywhere I go. You know what the Bible says about your heart? Let me tell you what it says. In Jeremiah 17, verse 9, this is what the Bible says about your heart. It says this, if I can find it. The human heart is most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? See, the truth is, is that, man, our heart can be desperately wicked and deceitful. A lot of times, even the things in our lives we do and live out because, because it's for selfish purposes or selfish reasons. This is what our heart is like. We know this. And this is the truth. The truth is we build our ideals through this information. And the truth is, is that even the ideals that we have are just from fragments of information. Because you only know a percentage of, small fragment of a percentage of 1% of everything there is to know about science. Because there are many fields of science. And science is about discovering new things, and so we're discovering new things. And so there's probably more to discover about this world than has already been discovered about this world. And people don't even know all the things that have already been discovered about this world. Even if you took Wikipedia, if you read Wikipedia, if you read 600 words a minute, and you read 600 words a minute for 16 hours a day, it would take you, you would read 17 million words in one month. If you read Wiki right now, it would take you seven years to read it in its completion. The problem is, is that 30 million words are added to Wiki per month. So when you got to the end of those seven years, twice as much information would have been added to Wiki than before you even started. That's how little you know. We are finite. We don't understand all the information. We don't have the complete picture. And so we pull fragments from all these different places. We build this worldview, and then we start living our life as if all these things are true. And many of those things are not true. They're just not true. So how do we know what truth is? How do we land on this? Well, let's talk about that. If you had your Bible, you open up to 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. I want to read you what the Bible says. And I, and I think this is so, such an important passage of Scripture. And I think it's so important to talk about truth. Because the Bible tells us that you can know truth. Jesus tells us you can know truth and the truth will set you free. There is an absolute truth. There is a way to know truth. And so when you read it, this is what it says. I think we might have it on the screen. So here in the middle. Read it with me. And all Scripture is God-breathed. And is useful in teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. It's one of my favorite passages of scripture. I want you to notice how it starts. It starts out, for all scripture is God-breathed. It's God-breathed. That means that the source of scripture is God. We like to say it this way. The scriptures are inspired by God. That God inspired the scriptures. The Bible was written by God the Holy Spirit. And because God the Holy Spirit, because God wrote the scriptures, then that means that it's perfect. Psalm 19.7 says it this way, the law of the Lord is perfect. And the reason that the scriptures are perfect is because God is perfect. 
It's without error. It's called the inerrancy of Scripture, meaning without error. And you say, well, hold on a second. I thought people wrote Scripture. Like, what about Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul, these guys? Did they not write the Bible? Well, uh, in, in, uh, Peter addresses this in Peter 19, verse 7. He's, or, uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, verse 21, he says this. For prophecy never had its origin in the human will, but prophets through humans spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. What that means is, is that men wrote down the word of God as they were inspired by God. So they wrote with their own personalities. They wrote with different genres and poetry and, and, and stories and history and all these things. They wrote these things down as they were guided by God the Holy Spirit. So this is God's word. These men were not speaking their own truths. They were speaking as God told them to speak. So we know that the word that we call this, the Bible, the scriptures, the word of God. It is perfect. It is inerrant. It is without error. It is infallible. It is incapable of error is what that means. Incapable of error because the source is God. And so, unlike us, God is all-knowing. God is omnipotent. Uh, um, omnipresent. God is omnipotent. He's all-powerful. And because God is all-knowing, then he is sufficient for defining truth. And he is sufficient for defining our truth because there's no deceit in him. Because the Bible tells us clearly that God cannot lie. So if God cannot lie, that means that what he says is truth. If God cannot lie, what he says is truth. So what God says in his word as he has written it down through men is truth. So the scriptures, the first point if you're looking at your outline there, scriptures are the highest authority. Scriptures are the highest authority when it comes to truth. Jesus says it this way in John 17, 17. He says, your word is truth. Scriptures are the highest authority on truth because it carries the full authority of God in the scriptures. When you are reading your Bible and you're reading these words on the pages of Scripture, you are literally reading what God has spoken to us. His revelation, himself revealed to us through the Scripture. I wrote this down. Every, therefore, every single statement of the Bible calls for instant, unqualified, and unrestricted acceptance. Every doctrine of the Bible is, is the teaching of God and therefore requires full agreement. Every promise of the Bible calls for unshakable trust in its fulfillment. Every command of the Bible is the directive of God himself and therefore demands willing observance and obedience. So believers, calling yourself a believer in Jesus, you must use scripture as your filter and lens from which you pass through all truth. It's, it's, it's what I would call the highest court of authority. It is the supreme court. Now let me explain this to you. In the United States of America, we have a Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is the highest ruling court in the land. No other court can surpass the Supreme Court in, in what it passes down. Now, every state has a state court. If the state court decided, hey, we want to legalize heroin, the Supreme Court would say, you cannot do that. Because we have already ruled on that. And since we have already ruled on that, you cannot do what we've already said. You must submit to us because we are the Supreme Court. 
In your life, there are different authorities over you in your life. There are different courts that have lesser power in your life, and those things have to submit to the higher court, the authority of God. And I can illustrate this in, in several ways, which I will in a minute, but one of the ways I can do this is, is through your conscience. We all have a conscience. And sometimes our conscience is an authority over some of the things going on in our life. Now, let me give you an example. Have you ever seen the show Impractical Jokers? Dude, that show is one of my favorite shows, right? Junk is hilarious. If you've never seen it or if you have seen it, let me explain what happens. Basically, there's these four dudes, and these dudes will do anything. They will do anything. You name it, they'll do it. You know what I'm saying? These guys are crazy. And what they do is they take three guys, they give them a microphone, and they're speaking into the one guy's ear. We'll call that one guy the joker. And they send him out, and he's got to joke and do what he has to do. And he has to do everything that these three guys tell him. So if they say, pull down your pants and do cartwheels across the park in front of those three police officers, then he has to do it, or he gets, he gets a thumbs down. At the end of the show, the joker with the most thumbs down has to go through a pretty intense um, joke that they prank or whatever that they play on that person. That's how it works, right? But in the show, sometimes these guys get told something and they won't do it because they have a conscience. See, these three other guys that are speaking there, they have authority to tell this guy what they want him to do. But there comes sometimes where there's a higher authority that steps in and he says, you know what, I'm not going to do that. Let me show you what I mean. Check this clip out. 1975 cold, they want their chest hair back. <laughs> 1975 cold. That's it, they just called. <laughs> One quick question for you. Oh my God. I can't, I'm sorry. <laughs> nope. Nope. Mm -mm. Come on, do it. There's no way I can say that. I'm out. Just write the word loser with a big arrow pointed right at me. <laughs> you have a, 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 you know, if you, uh, uh, if you know, if you have a, you know, uh, I can't believe I can't say this. <laughs> have a great day. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that show's so good. And so, um, and so their conscience would get in the way. They can't do that. So there's, so there's higher authorities in our life, and we see, this, we see this all the time. And so Scripture's our highest authority. And so that means that if the Bible says something, it's not up for debate. It's not something that we... That we say, well, you know what, I really think this, or I really feel this way, or my friend told me this. It's the highest authority. Whatever it says is truth because it is from God. It is God-breathed. It is perfect in every way. Hebrews 4.12 says the word of God is living and active. It's alive because it speaks the truth of God. And its truths are timeless because God is timeless. The Bible says that a thousand years are but a day to the Lord. You say, well, the New Testament was written 2,000 years ago. That's two days ago to God. God lives outside of space and time. His truths are, are, are for us today as they were when they were originally pinned down and written. It's truth for us. Truth for us. Now, Scripture is our highest authority, but Scripture is, is not the authority. The second one, if you want to put this. Scripture is not our only authority on everything in life. Scripture is not our only authority on everything in life. And this is a cool thing I like about God. Because 
the Bible cannot contain everything there is to know. It's not our only authority on everything in life. Its purpose isn't to tell you about everything. So like, for example, Scripture is not the authority on how to hit a golf ball. It doesn't talk about it. Scripture is not the authority on how to do open heart surgery or how to fix a carburetor on your car. Scripture is not authority on everything in our life. And so uh, because of that, we have, we, we have, God has given us the opportunity to go seek other disciplines. And so we learn from the sciences, and we learn from the social sciences, and we learn from sociology and anthropology, and we learn from, we learn from all of these different areas of study and mathematics and, 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 and astronomy. and all. We learn from all these different areas of study so we can learn more about the world, so we can learn more about the creation that God has created because we all are created with this inquisitive desire within us, this creative desire in us, this so cool that God has placed in us. And we go to these things, but all of these things are lesser courts to God. So let me give you an example. I am, a, I am, I am one of my favorite subjects is science. I love studying science. I am a huge science fan. But science sometimes makes statements that go against the authority of the Scripture. So when science says, well, you know, um, I don't think that God created I think that things evolved. I would say, well, that's great you think that. But Scripture is the highest authority. Scripture is the highest authority. And Scripture says God created. And everything that you need to know about that is already handled and dealt with in here. If, if certain things lead you to certain truths, then you say, you know what, man, maybe, maybe I need to go check Scripture on that. The second thing I would say is this, is that Scripture is not our only authority because God has placed other authorities in our life, like parents, like the government, like other things that we have to submit to the authorities of. Like, for example, God placed your parents in your life to be the authorities of your life. And let's say you said to all your buddies at school tomorrow, hey, listen, Everybody grab your paintball guns, come over to the house, we're going to have a massive paintball war inside of our kitchen. Dude, that would be awesome, right? Mom and dad come home, they open the door up and they're like, what the heck are you doing? And you're like, dude, we're just playing paintball. And they're like, you can't play paintball in the house. Well, the Bible doesn't say we can't play paintball in the house. See, God has placed people in our lives to be authorities over us so that they can be the umpires, per se, to, to help guide us, to help lead us in truth. But what happens, though, when your parents tell you to do something that goes against the authority of God? Like, for example, you're at the mall with your mom, and your mom says, hey, listen, I really like that shirt over there. It's so cute. Dad and I are on a tight budget right now. Hey, would you mind just kind of stuffing that in your little purse and just kind of walking out? Now, the person that God has placed in authority over your life is now trying to step over the authority of God where the authority of God says, thou shalt not steal. And so in that moment, you'd be disobedient to your parents because you are obedient to God first. He is the ultimate highest authority. This is what sola scriptura means. It is scripture alone. The scriptures are highest authority. It is to be dealt with in the highest of ways. The truth that we see about this stuff is, is, is found in Scripture. The third point is this. Scripture is the only and final authority on salvation. 
The Bible tells us clearly that it is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Christ alone that you can be saved. Next week, Kevin Queen, who is one of the best communicators I know, the dude shakes brains to the heat, he's going to be teaching in here next week on by grace alone, through faith alone. The week after that, I'm going to be teaching on Christ alone, and it's going to, there's going to be some really cool stuff in there, so you don't want to miss that week. And, um, and then the last week, we're going to be talking about for his glory alone. But the Bible teaches us, those are foundational things about our faith that we believe because of, uh, because of what God has revealed through his scripture. And the Bible has drawn out everything clearly in scripture when it comes to salvation, when it comes to how we can be saved, how we can get to God. There is no other source that can add to or take away what the Bible has already spoken about. So we don't go to the Bible and the church. We don't go to the Bible and to something else. We don't go to the Bible and some other literature or the Bible and whatever. It is the Bible alone that we go to the source of truth when it comes to salvation. And the fourth thing is this. This is more practical for you. When you read the Bible, read the Bible in its context. Read the Bible in its context. See, sometimes what we do is, and I don't know if you guys have ever done this before, when I was a new Christian, and man, I didn't know that much about the Bible, I was 17 years old, and like I wanted to read, so I'd open up, and so this is how I would do it sometimes. Sometimes I'd just take the Bible, and I'd just be like, uh, and I'd read something, you know what I'm saying? And, and then, uh, and, then and, and I would read, <laughs> you know, I'd read something, and, and, I would, and it would be like, the prophet Elijah summoned a man from the company of the prophets and said to him, tuck your cloak into your belt and take this flask of olive oil with you and go to Ramoth Gilead. And I'd be like, oh, man, that's cool. It says tuck your cloak in your belt. That means God wants me to have my shirt tucked in everywhere I go. You know? And so what happens is we start reading the Bible, and then we start saying, well, what is God saying to me? And a lot of times you can be in a small group and say, well, what does that mean to you? But what you need to know is, is that when these guys wrote this thing down, as God told them and spoke through them as they wrote this down, what you need to know is that, is that they, this scripture has a meaning. It has a purpose. And Scripture interprets Scripture. So if you read something, you're like, man, I'm really confused by that. Man, keep reading. And, and the whole of the Bible kind of comes together. You're like, man, that is so good. And it, and it all just fits together perfectly. The Bible never contradicts. It always complements. It's amazing. And I say this because what I've discovered among students is that they will be going to church They'll be connecting to God. Things will be going great for them. And all of a sudden, someone will bring up a question about the Bible or about a verse of the Bible or about just something, something in their worldview. And because they're finite, instead of going to the Bible, they, they, fought, they grab this truth. They say, oh, that must be true. So they believe it, and it shatters their faith. It unravels them. It tears them apart. What I would say to you is this. Don't be so quick to let your faith be unraveled by questions that you don't know the answer to. Because just because you don't know the answers to those questions doesn't mean that there's not answers to those questions. And that is why God has placed people like your pastor and other people in your life so that you can come and help get some of the answers to these questions. And that's why it's also important for you to be reading the Bible. Learning and growing in your knowledge of His truth. Because if Scripture 
forms how you, if what we believe and what we think forms how we live our life, then if, if what we live and what we think is informed by the word of God, then we are going to live our life by the word of God, and that's going to change us from the inside out. So it's important that we study the word of God, that we get in to the scriptures, because it'll change our life. And so this is what I want to ask you guys to do. Two things. The first is this. For the rest of this series, leading up to spring break, I want you to join me in reading my favorite book of the Bible. My favorite book of the Bible is the book of Romans. It's in the New Testament. I don't care how much you read of it. I don't care if it's half a chapter a day. I don't care if it's a whole chapter a day. You can literally read a chapter in the Bible in like three minutes. And that's if you're like a slow reader. If you're like the cat in the hat. Three minutes total. You know what I'm saying? The book of Romans. I want you to read it. And if you come up upon a word that you don't understand or something that you like, don't be like, man, that's so frustrating. I didn't understand that. I want you to get, on the, get online. I want you to start searching. I want you to start talking to some of your friends. Bring your questions to me. Bring your questions to your small group leader and say, hey, I was reading this. I didn't. Can you help me find the answers to this and help me discover what this means? I want you to start studying the Bible. Start learning about who God is through his word. And this is what I bet. I bet that if you do that and you read through the book of Romans... And you stick with this series over the next four weeks, your worldview is going to change. The way you think about things are going to change. And you know what's going to be cool about that? That's going to change the way you live your life. When we talk a lot about changed lives around here, I think a lot of times, in order for our lives to be changed, we have to replace misinformation with the right information. We have to get the information from the right source. So, God, I just want to pray over these students tonight. I just asked that you would just drive your truth so deep within their souls. God, that they would grab a hold of your word, that they would let that inform their life, inform their decision-making. And, Father, I just pray for that student that's in here tonight, Lord, that's maybe struggling with some things. Maybe they got some big questions they didn't come here tonight because they believed, but because they wanted to come and have a good time and hang out with some friends or whatever. God, I just pray that you would help them to stick with it, to ask more questions, to seek out truth, to not just believe something because someone has told them, but actually study it, to learn, to grow, to get the right answers for their life. And Father, I just pray, Father, that now, right now in this place, God, that you would tune our hearts to you. As we close out in a song of worship, I pray, Lord, that, that our hearts would just be tuned to everything that you would have for us. We love you, Lord. We praise you. We give you the glory and honor for you alone are worthy. In Jesus' name, amen.